If you can breathe, God has a purpose for your life to fulfill his will. God wants to use you even right today, no matter how old you are, how young you are, God has a plan for your life. Heaven views difficulty different than we do. Our view is different than God's view. And the goal today is to get our life more in line with God's view than with our view. God's got my health. God's got my future. Dios está en control. God's got my family. God's got this. How many thank God for the cross? How many thank God for the cross? How many thank God for Jesus paying the price for your sins upon the cross? Healing on the cross, redemption on the cross, freedom at the cross. God got my finances. My family. My church. God's, God's got, got our marriage. Dios está en control de mi futuro. God got my health. God's got my healing. God's got my prodigal. My siblings. My family. Dios está en control de mi vida. God's got this. God's got us. Now I'm just telling you, church, when you trust God's plan, it works out above and beyond anything you ever could imagine. God's got this. God's got this. God's got this. Dios está en control. God's got this. God's got this. Dios está en control. God's got this. God's got this. God's got this. Dios está en control. God's got this. Dios está en control. God's got this. Come on, Calvary Church. Everybody say God's. Come on, say God's. Got this. Come on, say it again. God's. Got this. All right, get up on your feet. We're going to pray right now. Behind me are the boards you've been writing on for the last month of our series. And you have written all kinds of cool things on here. You've written, uh, uh, somebody has up here, uh, my team, uh, my new business, my ministry, my daughter, my sabbatical, my family, my job, my parenting, the Chicago Bears. Um, that's not on here. Don't worry. I just threw that out there for free. I want some volunteer prayer warriors, some people who like to pray and feel called to prayer. Get up on the stage now. Come on, don't move slow. Get up here fast. Begin to move right now. Prayer people in the house, begin to move. If you're a prayer person, anybody who's ever prayed in your entire life, Y'all just staring at me. Start moving quick. Come on, church. Come on, let's begin to pray. We're going to pray today. I want you to get around these posters. These posters are our requests. You have written these out. These are your needs. This is your life today. I want you to come help us pray. So come on. Y'all still standing there looking at me. Let's go. Somebody move today. Somebody move in the house. Help me pray. Come on. We're going to pray today. Get on up here. I know it's a long walk. Need some more folks to come pray. Come on, I want you to come pray today with me. Come help me pray. That's right. Anybody who can pray can pray. Can I get an amen? amen. Anybody who can say amen can pray. <laughs> I got you, didn't I? Right there, you got that. You know, I look at these, and, I, and I'm, I'm a firm believer in the power of the spoken and the written word. I believe if you make your request known to God, that God hears us today. And... Uh, we're going to gather around these today, and you're out there, and I need you out there too, but I want you to put your hand this way right now. And church, we're going to pray. If you're watching online, pray with us today. There are serious things written on these boards. 
life-changing moments, life-determining situations. There's, there's pivot points here that will change someone's future today. And so I want you to lift your voice. We're gonna pray out loud together. Don't be nervous about this. We're talking to God in heaven. We have a good and a loving and a faithful God who loves us all today. And we're gonna pray. You ready to pray? Say yes. Father God, I thank you today, God, that you're working on behalf of every one of these requests. God, you know these families, God, you've got their marriage, you've got their finance, you've got their health, you've got their career, you've got the next choice they have to make, you've got the perfect plan. God, you've got this church, you've got our miracle, you've got our moment, you've got our mountains in life. You have everything we need, God, today. We declare by faith the miracle is on the way. The promise is ours in your word. It's a day by faith faith, we declare over this house and over these walls, God, every person's prayer request to come to fruition. You are a good and a loving and a faithful God. And we thank you today that we can call upon you as our Father. We trust today in your word. And we declare that indeed, God, you've got this. You've got our life. You've got our health. You've got our finance. You've got our future. You've got a plan. You're a good God today. We lift our voice out loud to Come on, church, lift your voice. Don't be shy. Don't be ashamed. Lift your voice. Declare to God with me right now. God, you've got this. You've got everything under your control, and we thank you today, and we declare by faith in Jesus' name, and the church all said amen. Come on, give God a praise today. Come on, we thank God today. God, you're doing it. God, you're doing it today. Thank you, prayer people. Come on, big hand for my prayer people today. Thank you guys for coming up. You guys can go back to your seat. While they go back to their seat, if you have a need in your life, put your hand up high right now. Just put your hand up. I'm going to pray for you right now. God knows your need today. God knows exactly where you are. And God cares about you. And God loves you desperately today. And you may not have gotten your prayer requests on this sheet, but God knows your heart today. And I'm believing God to work right now. Father, I thank you for every hand across this room today and those watching online. God, I believe that you're able to heal, restore, guide, provide. God, you mend broken hearts, broken homes, broken lives. God, you give direction, you give provision. You are a good and a loving and a faithful God. And I declare by faith right now in Jesus' name that the miracle is on the way. And the church all said, amen. Come on, one more time. We thank God today. Yes. You can take your seat. So good to have you. How about a big hand for all the folks online today? Come on, online crowd. Thank you for joining us out there. Also, want to tell you, we have uh, some new stuff out there. The God's got this stuff. I got my shirt on underneath it. You can't see very well, but I got my God's got this shirt on going on here. And uh, we've got hats and mugs and stuff like this out there for you to kind of wear around town and just remind all your people that God's got this. We got some shirts back in because you folks bought them all up the first week we had them. And so we got some stuff. I got a hat. Who wants a hat? Who wants a hat? It's going to take a small head just so you know. There you go, my man. Welcome to the hat club. That wouldn't fit me for nothing. So I need a five-gallon bucket that says God's got this. All right.
we're today going to close this series called God's Got This. And as I told you guys in January, I'm using this uh, time of the year with you to kind of celebrate and just share with you some thoughts that are meaningful to me as a pastor and kind of give you a sense of who I am as your leader and so you can understand better what to expect every week. So today we'll conclude this series. Now here's a heads up for next week. We're going to launch a series next month for the whole month of February on the Holy Spirit. I'm a huge believer in the power of the Spirit-filled life. The Holy Spirit is with you. He is for you. He is in you, and he is on your side. And be sure to be here the entire month of February and hear about the Spirit of God. Come on now. I thank God today for the Spirit of God. Today, we're going to land the plane on possibly what could be um, my favorite. I hate to say that because I love so much about the Scripture. But if I were to be given the, the, the task to preach on my favorite topic, I think I would land here at some level. There's so much in this, but it simply is called the kingdom of God. I love to talk about God's kingdom. Now, we have attention because we are people who live on this earth. How many here today, you live on the earth? Where are the rest of y'all living at? I'm just curious about that. We live on the earth, but we're not made for the earth, and we're citizens of heaven. And there's a challenge because, as you know, the earth is very real, and it's very constant, it's very ongoing, and I don't know about you, but I put my feet on the earth every day, and I have a hard time sometimes getting my head into heaven because my feet are so firm up on the earth. And so today I want to talk about this because I'm a firm believer that this is a dynamic that we have to understand as followers of Christ, how to live on the earth, which we're here and God knows that, but to be a citizen of heaven. Go to Luke chapter 9, verse 23. I'm going to give you a verse to put kind of in the back of your mind to keep hold of the entire sermon today. You've got to hear this, but get this verse and kind of put it toward the backdrop. Listen close. Luke chapter 9, 23, Jesus said, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. How often? Daily. daily. Everybody say daily. daily. Everybody say daily. Watch this, and what? Follow me. Now put that in the backdrop because that's important for our topic today. The kingdom of heaven is a frequent theme, this is in your notes, of Jesus' parables. He talked a lot about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. It is the realm in which Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the undisputed King of kings. He wasn't voted in. He was placed there by God the Father himself. And no one can vote him out. And let me just put it to you this way. It doesn't matter who rules the world because he is still the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I told my wife that. She said, Marty, Beyonce rules the world. We all know that. So whatever that means, I have no idea, but she knows things I don't know. We're very alert today to things about this earth. Is it possible that we are more astute to who's in charge of the kingdom of men than we are the kingdom of God? Is it possible that we live with more awareness, and I would even say allegiance, because what you're aware of is what you're allegiant to. 
Is it possible that we're more into the earthly kingdoms than we are into God's kingdom? And here's my hope today that we can come out of this and understand how to live in two different worlds. Look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 18. Look at this text. It says, For many walk of whom I've told you often and tell you even again weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. Everybody say, enemy of the cross. Come on, say, enemy of the cross. You don't want to be in that group, by the way. But watch how he describes them. He says, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. Now, just think about that for a second. Now, think of the world today. He just said here that there are enemies of the cross whose end is what? Destruction. He said their God is their what? Their belly. And he says their glory is their shame. Think about today how many things that we glory in as people that are shameful, that we celebrate that are shameful, they're sinful. If it's sinful, we don't celebrate it. We repent of it and change our ways. I, I just was thinking this week, we just had a lot of emphasis this week on, uh, on, on, on the pro-life and right-to-life conversation. And it's, it's, a, it's something I can't really process. That here we are in the year 2020, and we're still killing our own. And we glory in it. And the Bible says those are shameful things. So we look at this verse and we start realizing that there is a difference in the kingdom of men than there is the kingdom of God. Let's keep reading our text today. Verse 20, for our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 21, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he's able even to do all things to himself. Now, when you read a Bible text, you want to look for things that jump out at you. And one of the things you can always look for in a group text like this, you can look for things that show contrast. And right here, the Apostle Paul almost breaks in half the first two verses, the last two verses, two different worlds. Over here, we have this kingdom, our kingdom. We're enemies of the cross. We're ending in destruction. Our God is our belly. We do shameful things and glory in those things. And over here, we have a different citizenship conversation. Over here is God's kingdom. Over here is a place in which he is our goal. Over here, we are the goal. Have you ever noticed how we don't have to work hard to sin? It comes right at us all day long. You don't have to find sin. Sin finds you. And you cannot live your life by your desires. Uh, this, uh, yesterday, I was coming to the men's event. Uh, had a great breakfast yesterday morning, great time with the men and uh, Calvary men and Calvary Espanol men and a fun time around bacon. <laughs> when bacon's in the house, God is present. Come on now, somebody. <laughs> and so I was driving to church early about 7 o'clock, and I'm going right by Dunkin' Donuts, and I thought, I'm going to go in and get me a coffee. And so I pulled in Dunkin' Donuts to get a coffee, and um, I pull in, and I go, and I get just a coffee, and I walk out, and I hear somebody yell, Pastor! And I turn and look, and it's one of the Calvary guys. He's like, hey, I'll see you at church this weekend. And for whatever purpose, I don't know why I said this. He didn't ask this, but I just said, all I got was a coffee. <laughs> I had this instant shame 
that a guy in my church caught me walking out of Dunkin' Donuts and I felt compelled to say, honest, all I got's a coffee. I said in the first service, and my son is in Florida at school watching online. He texted his mommy and said, we know dad got at least two donuts. <laughs> I'm telling you, God is my witness. Hand up on the Bible. All I got was a coffee. <laughs> but just think about the two worlds. A sinful world, a kingdom of men world. And then we have over here the kingdom of God conversation. And you and I have the challenge of being on the earth, but living for heaven. We have the challenge of living a life every day that wakes up in a sin-filled society with all kinds of things around us every day and figuring out how to live for Jesus. And the goal today is to help you understand that because this is the goal of the Christian life. The Apostle Paul pointed out here that the difference in God's kingdom versus kingdom of men is really what kind of drives us. As so we know this, and this is in your notes today as well, to be driven by our desires is opposite the kingdom of God. When I live my life by my desires, I'm not living unto his kingdom. I'm living for my kingdom, not for his. Over here is all about Marty. Over here is all about Jesus. Over here is where I seek my way. Over here I seek for his way. We also know this, that the kingdom of God is a place where we're driven by the desire for the king, meaning that over here I want to please myself. Over here I want to please him. Over here, I want to do what I want to do, but over here, I just want to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Over here, I want to do what makes you happy. Over here, I want to do what makes God happy. And we have the task of living on the earth, but being a citizen of a different place called heaven. At the present moment, listen close today, the kingdom of God is a spiritual dominion. It is not an earthly geopolitical realm. It is the place where Jesus is presently King of kings and Lord of lords. Look at this in Luke 17, verse 20. It says, now when he asked them by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God was come, he answered and said, the kingdom of God doesn't come by observation. Nor will they say, see here or see there, for the, indeed, the kingdom of God is what? It's within you. It's in here. It's not out there. I can't take you to show you his kingdom, but what I can do is I can show you how I live in his kingdom. I can't take you to the place like I could the Grand Canyon or to a, to, to a great a wall of China or to a castle in England or to watch God's favorite football team in Columbus, Ohio. I can't take you there but I can show you every day how to live in his kingdom. And from that, I can show you the kingdom of God. And all of us deal with this every day. It's real, and it's growing every day. Jesus is our example of what it means to live as a citizen of the kingdom of God while being present on the earth. Again, all of us are resident here right now. Every one of us live on the earth. We're part of this, but yet we live for a different purpose. We don't just live for Monday or Friday. We live for the glory of God, and we have to live a different life. If you're taking notes, this in your notes, the character of the kingdom emanates from the character of the king. You will know how to live in God's kingdom. Look at the life of Jesus. His life is the model for how to live in the kingdom of God. 
His life is a strong example of one who denied himself daily. If you want to be in God's kingdom, you have to live a life that takes up the cross and denies yourself. How often? Daily. Now, in that thought process, God's kingdom and God's will are opposite sides of the same coin. If I have a quarter, it's a quarter no matter what side it's on. The heads is a quarter, the tails is a quarter. It's still a quarter. God's kingdom is the same conversation. In his kingdom, his will is done. The Lord's prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That is not a permission request, that's a declaration. When you pray that, you're not saying, God, I hope it happens. It's gonna happen. God's in charge of his kingdom. Nobody has to wonder if in heaven or his kingdom, God has his way. The answer is he absolutely does. God's fully in charge, and in his kingdom, his will happens. And that's why as people of God, if we want to fulfill his will, we have to get in his kingdom because that's where his will truly takes place for our life. Here's a couple of thoughts for you today on this thought today about God's kingdom. You will know him because in his kingdom, he is a central focus of everything. Everything revolves around Jesus. Everything is about the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Secondly, you'll be freed from your sins as you lay aside the sinful weight of society. Over here is the sin the Bible says easily that besets us. Sin is easy. All of us deal with it. All of us stumble. The Bible says even a good man stumbles, but he gets back up again. Over here, there's plenty of sin to take place, but over here, when you leave that, you come over here and you leave that sinful weight behind you in his kingdom. A third thought today about this. In his kingdom, you'll find your purpose as you follow his will. And in his kingdom, you'll make a difference as you serve him every day. Who would like to live a life that made a difference for the kingdom of God? Put your hand up high. You know how you do that? You serve the king. You can't serve yourself and make a difference in God's kingdom. You got to invest in him. You got to give him. So how then do we get into the kingdom of God? How, Marty, do I find my way into this kingdom so I can live a life that glorifies him, lay aside my sinful ways, focus on him, and follow his will? I'm so glad you asked. Here's the sermon. You ready? Say yes. We enter the kingdom of God by a single word called repentance. Today is a day of repentance. Now, if we were to have a repentance conference, nobody shows up. Because for the most part, no one thinks they need to repent. We did that 20 years ago. We did that last weekend. We did that so forth and so on. And so we have in our DNA this idea that I did that, I don't have to do it again. Let me help you today. Repentance should be an ongoing part of the Christian life. And today, let me share with you a couple of thoughts, but first, let's get some scripture. Matthew chapter 3, verse 1, it says, In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Look at this Jesus in Matthew chapter 4. He said, repent of your sins and turn to God. Everybody say, repent of? Everybody say, turn to? Come on, say, repent of? Say, turn to? 
watch this, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. When you repent of, if you don't turn to, you'll return to. Did you get that? When you repent of, if you don't turn to, you will return to. And for many of us, that's why you have the reoccurring sin problem. Because you have perfected the repentance side, but have not leaned into the continuation of the righteous living side. And you have lived over here, and you're comfortable with an I'm sorry, or apologize, or I'll never do it again. But you don't lean into here. And that's where the struggle takes place. So what about repentance? For many of us, this is a big word that we don't talk about a whole lot. It's a scary word. I'll just tell you this. By nature, most people don't like to apologize for nothing. I always say that, and I can watch you look at your spouse. You have that awkwardness right now going through the room. Like, is he looking at me? Yeah, he's looking right at you. He's nudging you. And I get to see married couples go, he's talking to you today because you ain't said I'm sorry in 20 years. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know where we get that from? Our sin nature. The sin nature says, I ain't apologizing. I ain't, she she wrong too. Yeah, I may have not done it right, but man, she started it. And, you know, I just had to set things straight. And we live with this idea that repentance is a bad thing. Today, I want to set you at ease that as people of God, a local church family, we want to be people that embrace a culture of the repentant life. Not afraid to say, I was wrong, I messed that up, I repent, I will change my ways. And when someone does that, we don't ban the person for life. Listen, All of us go through difficulty. All of us trip and fall. All of us stumble. The key is repent and get on with your bad self. Can I get an amen? Now, when I look at this, here's some myths about repentance. Number one, repentance is a one-time event. I went to an altar 25 years ago, repented there. Well, what about since then? I'm good. Really? I'm, I'm not questioning how good that was, but I just promise you this. In 25 years, I guarantee you have needed to repent at least a thousand million more times. I'm just saying. Oh, not me. See, there you go. Another myth about it simply is this. that repentance happens, of course, because of my emotions. If I cry enough, if I, if, if I cry hard, if I get all dizzy and all snotty because I'm crying so hard, then that truly shows I'm repentant. If you've ever raised kids, you know that's not true at all. <laughs> because you have seen your kids cry a thousand gallons of tears and be sorry, mommy and daddy, and then two days later do the same thing and maybe worse. You've seen that. I'm not saying you can't cry. I'm not saying you can't, but that doesn't mean you've repented. Another myth about repentance is this. It happens at the church altar. Well, generally speaking, very few of our sins happen at the church altar. (laughs) 
I, I don't assume you all sin here on purpose. I mean, most of our sins happen out there. And that's why the altar is everywhere for you. Repentance is everywhere. The Bible gives us a clear picture of what the repentant life looks like. And today I want to share this with you because this is how you get into God's kingdom. Don't miss the power of repentance in your life. Here's some thoughts about a biblical view on repentance. Number one, repentance is a renouncing and a reversing of the course. I was going north. Now I'm going south. I was going east. Now I'm going west. I was going there. Now I'm going here. You got to repent and you got to renounce and reverse the course. Look at this, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. For you were once in darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. Walk therefore as children of the light. Verse 9. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Verse 10, find out what's acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but what? Expose them. I'm often asked the question as a pastor, can I do this? Can I go here? Can I say this? Can I eat this? Can I drink that? Can I do this? And just so you know, heaven gives a once a year list of updated sins. They email the church every year. There's so much that we could talk about. My question back is, is is that or will that be a fruitful thing for your spiritual life? Does that draw you closer to the king or to your kingdom of men? Does it scratch your itch or glorify God? Does it fulfill your belly, your desires, or does it bring honor to his name? And that's a simple take on all the sins of life because for many things, there's a great conversation to have. But the simple answer is this, how does it bring fruit to my life? Does it glorify God or does it glorify me? As humans, as believers, we have a sin nature that still trends toward the dark side of life. We lean to the darkness, the sin side. That's why you have to look toward the God side and forget what's behind you. The apostle Paul said, I let go of what's behind and I press forward to the goal. For many of us, the difficulty is we're always kind of looking over the shoulder at what's behind us. We got to look straight ahead at what God has for us and leave the sinful weights of our past. Repentance, listen close, is a renewed and a teachable and obedient heart. Dr. Miles Monroe, who's the author on the topic of God's kingdom, he's gone to heaven recently, and he has a great line that I've used that I love to quote, and I think about it all the time. It simply is this. He said, when the king has spoken, I have no opinion. We make the mistake that we think that God gave this book to us as a submission for our input and feedback. That God wrote this and gave it to us and said, hey, you guys look through that, and if you're good with it, we'll go with it. That's not how this works at all. When the king has spoken, I have no opinion. Come on, say, when the king. Come on, say, when the king has spoken, I have no opinion. Now, I, I know that there's times I preach to you, and I know that I, I mean, I'm an imperfect messenger. I will tell you that. I make plenty of mistakes. I will. Yeah, point taken. 
I make plenty of errors in preaching, and please know that any word that's just my word, you'll not be held accountable to that at all. I mean, I'm a human being, but this word here is perfect. And even with an imperfect messenger, this word does not come back void of what God intends. And even if I don't say it right, and even if I make a mistake, this book never makes a mistake. And anything that's in here, you better just do. There's times I will preach and people will send an email or come by or make a comment, hey, maybe you want to say that differently. Okay. Well, if it's what the Word said, I can't say it differently. Now, I, I can change my side. I can change the human side of preaching, but I can't change the doctrinal side. Because that's over here on the folks that are enemies of the cross. They want to change the Word to fit their desires. And we don't want to be those people. When the King has spoken, what? I have no opinion. When the king has spoken, what? I have no opinion. When the king has spoken, what? I have no opinion. Here's the dilemma. We live today in a world that banks on the right to have an opinion. Everybody has an opinion. And with social media, we're all experts on everything. When the king has spoken, I have no opinion. And here's what you got to see. When you've repented, your heart gets tender and the word of God can go in deep and bear fruit in your life. Look at this in James chapter 1, verse 21. It says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word of God, which is able to what? Save your souls. Let me just stop right there. Remember the parable of the seed and the sower? The seed was the, was the, was the word, the, the seed's thrown out. Today I'm throwing the word of God out. And for some of you, your heart is ripe, it's ready, it's soft, it's tender, the ground is peeled back. For some of you, your life is so busy, your heart's a little bit trampled on, so much going on, you're just kind of crossing T's and dotting I's today, and getting through service and you get on with your life this week. For others of you, Today, you're going to leave out here excited about it because your heart is shallow. The, the, the pressure of life, the heat of life will come and just burn up what you get today. If your heart rejects the word of God, go back and start repenting again. Because repentance creates a soft heart where that word can come right in and bury deep inside your spirit and your heart. And that's where the fruitful living is. A repentant heart receives the word of God. A repentant heart loves the law of God. Repentance, listen close, reproduces measurable fruit. Matthew chapter three, verse seven. I love these two verses here. It says, but when he saw the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to watch him baptize, he denounced them. He said, you brood of vipers, he exclaimed, who warned you to flee from God's coming wrath? In other words, why are you here watching this? What do you care? He then said, prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Repent and turn. Prove by how you live that you've repented of your sins. 
Remember, I can't take you to show you God's kingdom like a Grand Canyon or a place. I can't say, let's take a trip to God's kingdom tomorrow. But what I can do is I can show you his kingdom in me because of how I live my life. I'm a somewhat sizable human. I'm not very compact. I don't fly well in small planes. I've never had someone ask me, how often do I run? (laughs) I've never had someone ask, how's that vegan diet working for you? But I've been asked things like, how often do you lift weights? How much do you bench press? How much protein do you eat? Apparently, I look more like that than the other stuff. My point is this. When you repent of your sins, people can see a different you. When you live for the king, you live a different life, and that reflects his kingdom. And that's the goal of the Christian life. Here's my last thought today. I'm going to land this plane even right now. My last thought is this. Repentance results in a thing called lordship. We love a savior, but it's hard to desire a lord. The Savior's at the cross. Mercy, grace, love, forgiveness. Lordship is obedience. Lordship is just doing what the king has said. It's easy to love a Savior, but it's hard to have a Lord because you've got to repent and deny yourself. How often? Daily. Just think for a second what it would be like to be in a church that just lived a culture of repentance. Just think of how many issues in our life would be different if we just could ever learn to repent to each other, to God and to each other. I can promise you, in this life, people will hurt you, people will offend you, and guess what else? You will hurt people and you will offend people. That's life. Just as a survey, so we can all know who today in this house has ever been offended. Put your hand up high, okay? Who has ever offended? Both hands up, one leg out. Yeah. I'm telling you right now. How many people have got offended and quit the church? How many people have made a mistake and just bailed out because we can't go back? I mean, we are great when it comes to a sinner coming back home, but when a saint falls, we keep him there. Mark him for life. That's not Bible either. Grace is grace for the saint and the sinner. And I thank God for grace. In fact, I gave my heart to Christ at age about seven or eight. Every sin I've ever committed in my entire life other than I did take animal cookies out of the nursery as a young boy. All my sins have happened since seven and eight. And I thank God for grace today. What if we could be people that the word leaked out that there's a culture of repentance at Calvary Church? Come just as you are. Be loved just as you are. Repentance is how we live every day. That's why Jesus said, take up your cross daily. Learn to build a culture of repentance in your married life. 
I'm telling you, learn to build into your relationship the idea of, honey, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? The quicker you say that, the quicker you start kissing, and life gets a whole lot better. Learn to be people of repentance in the body of Christ, in your private life, in your marital life, in your family life. Don't be afraid to tell your kids you made a mistake or your spouse you made a mistake. Don't be afraid to confess to people what they can already see because that's where the power of God hits your life at a whole new level. Now here's the last part of your notes. Listen close. I'm gonna pray for you. We live in God's kingdom by living a repentant life focused on his will and our obedience to his word. The last text, I don't have time to read, is Matthew chapter 7. Jesus talks about the people that hear the word and do the word are the folks that build their life upon the rock. And those who don't build their life upon the sand. Repentance is how you hear the word and do the word today. I thank God today that we have a chance to be people that embrace repentance. Father, I thank you today for your word. God, your word speaks to our heart, to our life today. God, the word's gone out. The seed's been sown today from your word. And I pray that every heart can receive it and can understand how we come into your kingdom by a single word and approach and a posture of repentance. Let us be people that learn how to repent and change our life and go a different path, never to go back, but to go a new way. We thank you today in Jesus' name, amen. Let's just thank God for the word today, Calvary Church. Come on. I want you to come to your feet this morning across this house. Everybody come to your feet. I never know who's here today. I never want to assume that you're in a right relationship with God today. The most important part of the day is right now. If you're here and you have any doubts about your eternal life with Christ, I'm going to pray for you today right here, right now. And I'm believing God to do a work in your life. Maybe you've done this in the past, been walking away from Christ. Today is your day to come back to God and receive his free gift of salvation. We're going to all pray with you. If you have any doubt about your eternal life with Christ, pray this prayer. Mean it in your heart and receive the free gift of salvation that God has for you today. Are you ready to pray? Say yes. Come on, say, Father God, I thank you today for giving Jesus to be my Savior. Jesus, thank you for saving me, a sinner. Today I announce and I declare that you are the risen Son of God, my Savior, and my Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. Come on, give God a hand for saving grace today. If you pray that prayer today for the first time and recommit your life so I can see your face, would you please put your hand up in the air right now? Just, put, just look right at me. Everybody look right here. Put your hand up in the air. Put your hand up in the air. Keep it up high. Keep it up high. Don't be shy. Don't be ashamed. Okay, I want to ask you for one more favor today. If you have your hand up right now, I want to invite you to come down here and meet me right now. Come on real fast. Just come as quick as you can. There's hands everywhere. Don't be shy. Come on, Calvary Church. Let's cheer for these folks. There's hands up everywhere. Hands here. Hands up there. Hands back there. Hands over here. Put your hand up in the air. I want you to come see me right now. Just come on down to the front today. Meet Pastor Jason. We have something for you today. Come on, Calvary Church. Give it up for my friends today. We celebrate today. We celebrate today. 
Bless you, man. Well, God bless you. Come on in. Come on. Keep clapping, folks. Come on, church. Calvary Church. Keep celebrating today. Come on. Keep celebrating today. We celebrate these folks today. We celebrate these folks today. My goodness. Anybody else that need to be down here, we got a card for you. We want to get your name and let you know what's next for you in the walk with Jesus Christ. We got folks still coming, folks. Come on, Calvary Church. Keep clapping. Let's go. We're not done. We're not done yet. We're not done yet. Come on. We got folks still coming. Come on. Keep coming. Let's go. Yes. Yes. Come on. You keep clapping. They're still coming. Let's cheer for them right now. Yes. Come on. Come on. Keep coming. Keep coming. Anybody else? Anybody else? Come on, there you go. You guys are safe. Come on, get a little more confidence. Let's go. Come on, come on, come on. We got folks still coming today. Yeah. Man. Anybody else need to be down here? All right. If you want to come down later on, see some of our staff. If you pray that prayer, don't fail to make the next connection because that's how you live the life God has for you today. One last thing, if you're here and you say, Marty, there's some places in my life that I need to repent and change my ways. Put your hand up high right now. There you go. Just see how comfortable that is. Just do that. Just put your hand up. Could be attitudes, could be difficulties, could be sinful past. I'm gonna pray for you right now. Father, I thank you today for every hand up. God, let us be people that embrace repentance as a lifestyle, understand the power of your forgiveness, and leave from and turn to. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Yes. Let me bless you guys. Put your hand up high. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May his love surround you. May his grace flow through you. And may you live a life of repentance. Have a great day. Don't miss the midweek. We'll see you guys soon. God bless you. Bye-bye. Unstoppable God, let your glory go on.